Welcome to Gestational Diabetes Club. I'm your host, Helena, dietitian, nutritionist, vegetable enthusiast, and big fan of strong coffee and dark chocolate. Join me here each week to chat about all things gestational diabetes. We'll cover everything you need to know about your nutrition, lifestyle, and all the messy bits in between so that you can feel empowered to optimize your blood sugar, grow a healthy baby, and create sustainable healthy habits to last a whole lifetime without the stress, overwhelm, guilt, or confusion. Thanks so much for joining me, and I hope you love it here. Hello. Welcome back to Gestational Diabetes Club. Now today I'm talking about protein and this is a pretty fast and loose episode because I, I wasn't really planning to talk about protein this week, but I um, I was so lucky, right? I got sent some stuff from Macro Mike, which is a protein powder company, um, which is the best thing ever. So I got sent some protein powder from them in the mail, very kindly gifted. This is not a sponsored ep- episode, mind you. I just wanted to get on and talk a little bit more about it because it prompted me to put up a poll to see if anybody out there needed an explainer on whether protein powder is actually safe during pregnancy and whether you need it and all those sorts of things because I do find a lot of people can be confused about it. So I thought I would give you my take on the whole thing. Uh, so that you feel a little bit more informed about it. But anyway, I'm so excited that I got sent products from Macro Mike because I have been spending a lot of money on on their protein powder already. I really like it. And so it actually is the best thing in the world that now I have all these samples to try and share about with you and give you more ideas on how you might want to incorporate it into your diet, only if you need it though. And that's the main thing that I want to get across to you in this episode. Do you need protein powder? No, there is absolutely nothing magic about it. And a lot of people um, do get confused. So you might be one of them. You might be wondering, like, should I be taking that all of a sudden? Because other people seem to be, or it's not something you've ever considered. But then, you know, there might be some reason that you're like, oh, do I need it? It, Like, is that important for this? And commonly when you start um, exercising, that's when this question pops up for quite a lot of people. So you're like, oh, do I need to take a protein powder to make my workout count? No, (laughs) there is nothing magic about it. Um, Protein powder is essentially just isolated protein from food. Works the same way in your body as the protein from food that you eat, right? And so if we think about even the different types of protein that are out there on the market, you can get whey protein, you can get casein protein, you can get like uh, bean protein, rice protein, all sorts of things. So it's basically just that the protein has been isolated out of that food and packaged into a powdered product that you can then utilize to make a protein shake or whatever you want to do with it. So you really don't need it. And if you're getting enough protein from your meals and from your food, then you're totally fine. And I wouldn't say add it in just for the sake of it. Absolutely not. Absolutely no reason to. And back to like, you know, if you've just started lifting weights or something like that, it's not going to magically make you gain muscles. It's a good way to get, like to bump up your protein intake if otherwise your diet is falling short. So for some people, they might have really high protein needs if they're lifting really heavy weights and their goal is really to be in a calorie surplus. So that means eating more food than they're burning so that they can really gain muscle. And if you think about like a, let's say it's a really big muscly man, they would probably have really high just total 
calorie and protein needs, so then a protein shake might be an easy, quick addition for them to just top that up, right? And for a lot of women, I see so, 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 so often that women that I see um, as clients, they are often not meeting their protein needs or just kind of relying on one meal a day to get their protein in, and that's usually dinner. And it might be like you start your day with some toast, and then you get to lunch and you have your nice salad, and it might have like an egg or something there, but it's still probably not quite enough, and then get to dinner and then have a more balanced meal then. But it, if you're not um, consistently making sure that there is a decent protein source in your meals, it can be very hard to get enough. And that's why I personally use protein powder because um, I'm plant-based. And so I have like limited protein options, really. Like I don't want to eat tofu for every single meal. And it's I find it really easy to add into things like breakfast and lunch because then you're, you know, maybe you're having oats, maybe you're having a smoothie something like that, it's such an easy way to bump that up. And for me, I find that helpful because I don't eat like dairy, for example. So I can't use like a nice high protein yogurt to make my oats have a little bit more um, bulk to them and have that protein content. So can be very, very helpful. But do you need it if you're meeting your needs through your diet? Absolutely not. And is it safe during pregnancy? So that's probably why you're listening to know whether, like A, whether you need it, B, uh, whether it's actually safe for you. So is it safe? I think there's mixed opinions out there and I kind of sit on the fence and I think yes and no, it can be it and in some cases it's probably not. So I think it really depends on the actual product that you're using because there can be some risks involved. So For example, there could be the risk of contamination. So you want to make sure that it's been manufactured in a place where there's a high standard and that is quite reputable and ideally has been third-party tested for contamination with heavy metals. You know, for example, like things like mercury where anything could be sneaking in. It's the same as all sorts of, you know, even medications and things like that. So you want to make sure there's been some kind of a third-party test going on to make sure that there are no substances that shouldn't be in there in there that are not listed on the ingredients list, right? So that's number one. Um, and a go-to is like Hasta or something like that. And so it'll always generally say on the website somewhere where you're getting your protein powder from, like just look up the brand and it will generally say somewhere in the FAQs or wherever if it's been third-party tested because they probably want you to know that, right? And that's something that's commonly done for like sports supplements because if you're doing like um, elite sports, then you'd probably be drug tested, for example. So you kind of banned substances in your system. And so that's where the protein powder needs to be third-party tested as well. But I think for pregnancy, that's also a really good way to know whether it's likely to be safe or not. And then there's some certain additions that might not be safe. So I like to look for a protein powder that is pretty much just protein and not adding a whole lot of random ingredients in there. So particularly if you're pregnant, you don't want to be overdoing caffeine, for example. And that would be added because it can be beneficial to somebody's workout, right? So something like that. So you'd need to look out for that because you don't want to be overdoing it. Um, And then there might be sweeteners that aren't considered safe or something like brown rice. 
I don't really like to recommend brown rice-based proteins because that is more likely to be contaminated. So there's some considerations before you do decide whether it is something that you want to include in your diet or not. I think it's also cool to note that the World Health Organization has a statement saying that high protein supplementation is not safe during pregnancy and is associated with poorer outcomes. However, balanced protein and energy supplementation is associated with positive outcomes and better outcomes. But that is generally directed towards undernourished populations. And I had a really quick look at the research that it's based on. Um, And it's a little bit vague and low quality evidence where, where it is really like, I think it's really just talking about the total protein content of your diet, right? So if you're just having lots and lots of protein for the sake of it, then yeah, maybe that is associated with some of those negative outcomes. But I don't think that it's necessarily to do with actual protein powder per se, because if you're using that in a balanced way just to meet your protein needs and not going um, above and beyond because you really don't need to, then I think that's totally fine. As long as you're also making sure that it doesn't have any of those rogue additions in there, so it's not likely to be contaminated, it's been manufactured somewhere reputable, um, it's been third-party tested, doesn't have heaps of caffeine or something in there. Um, from a good quality source. And I would also say, please do check with your doctor or your dietitian before you decide to take it just so that they can cast their eyes over it as well. That would be a very, very strong recommendation. So which type? I know there's so many types of proteins out there. So if you are going to use some, for most people, I actually recommend whey protein, which is a dairy based one. It comes from milk, basically. But that's going to be your best bioavailability, so the best like amino acid profile. And amino acids are what protein is made up of. So particularly if you were working out or something like that and you wanted to be getting the best out of that workout, it gives you a better amino acid profile, particularly for some of them that are really good for muscle growth, right? So whey protein isolate, that's probably the best one to go for. Just look for something that is basically just protein, no other ingredients. That's great. Um, I use a plant-based protein, so it's not whey-based. I use MacroMic. I've tried so many plant-based proteins, and this is literally the only one that I can stand and actually enjoy. So this is my favorite one if you are plant-based as well and you don't want to take Whey protein isolate, if you are deciding to, 100% recommend Macromike, not just because they sent me products, because I really like it. It's really good. Um, And when should you use it? Well, I really only use it if I'm doing something that would otherwise be a low protein meal. And it's actually a game changer when you include protein in something like your breakfast to set you up for the day. So in something like oats for breakfast, adding in a scoop of protein powder, fantastic. Or if you're doing um, a smoothie, really good work if you add in a scoop of protein powder, because then you're actually going to be full from that. We know that protein is our most satisfying, satiating nutrient. So it's what you actually feel full uh, from when you eat protein in your meal. And it will also really help to balance your blood sugar because it is slower digested than carbohydrates, right? So it'll slow down the breakdown of when you eat carbs, it'll slow that breakdown into the sugar molecules in your bloodstream. So it slows the rise in blood sugar. 
So in that sense, eating protein also helps keep your blood sugar much better balanced. And you might have seen posts like floating around on Instagram and things like that. Like there's so much chit chat about blood sugar online at the moment, I think, which is good and bad. But there's so many people demonizing things like oats, saying that they're really bad for blood sugar. They spike blood sugar, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, well, no, you've got to balance it out so that you're getting a good quality source of protein and things like healthy fats and fiber in there so that you don't get that big spike in blood sugar. So adding protein powder is perfect to achieve that. If you don't have other sources of protein that you can add that are natural food-based sources. So I'd always say like go food first, but if you're not going to add protein in any other way, then use protein powder by all means. And how much protein do you need? How do you know if you're actually eating enough of it and whether you need a protein powder or not? Um, Honestly, the easiest way is to see a dietitian who can take a look at your diet and let you know, because that is a really, really quick job for a dietitian. That doesn't even need to be something like coaching. You know, I take people through a six-week coaching program um, and see them weekly, but that honestly, you just need a one-off session to be able to know a simple answer, like whether you're eating enough protein or not. If you want to have a go at calculating it yourself, then I generally recommend about one gram per kilo of body weight of protein while pregnant and you can bump it up a little bit so that you're actually hitting that target. And that can be confusing though if you're really like still new to everything and I just don't think that you need to be counting your macronutrients or anything like that because that can just get very confusing um, and it can just make it all quite messy for you. So I'd really recommend just seeing somebody else to, you know, do that for you and help you understand if you're meeting your needs and what you can do to meet your needs. But if you are numbers minded, then like I said, a gram per kilo of body weight or a little bit more. And then if you break that down, that might look like 30 grams of 25 to 30 grams of protein per meal at a minimum is a good target to get you to, let's say, at least 75 to 90 grams of protein across the day. And then just making sure that your snacks also have a source of protein in them too, so that you get a little bit bumped up there as well, in case you're not hitting that threshold in your meals. So if you break it down and look at it like that, that can be simple, simpler to think about it. Um, or you could look at it in terms of making sure that every time you are eating a meal, that at least a quarter of that meal is coming from proteins. So for example, you're having meat and three veg for dinner, then that's an easy way to look at that and think, okay, about a quarter of a plate needs to be my meat. And then you need to get some veggies. And I like to say, fill up about half your plate with veggies and then fill up the other quarter of your plate with carbs. And that might be a potato. Harder to do if it is something like a bowl of oats, like I keep coming back to. But again, then I would say, Okay, go with the amount of oats that you normally do. Just add in a scoop of protein powder. Add in some healthy fats. So you might want to do some peanut butter or some chia seeds, beautiful omega-3s in there. Um, And then you might want to add in some berries too so that you're getting some color, you're getting some fiber, some antioxidants, some beautiful nutrients. And that's another way to make sure that the meal is balanced. So I would always just make sure that you're ticking off those key components of carbs, protein, healthy fats and fiber and color. So that might be another way for you to think about it in your brain without needing to count things, right? And 
honestly just outsource that if all of this is feeling like I'm speaking another language, then you are so welcome to reach out to me or anybody else that you, like any other dietitians that you know of that work in this area, because it's so much easier when you can just get somebody who, you know, for me, it's like breathing to make these sorts of meal plans that balance out your protein and hit your protein targets and make sure you are getting that nice distribution across the day. So you feel full, you feel energized, you keep your blood sugar balance, all the good things. Um, it's very easy for me to do that for you. And I do that for all of my clients in my six-week coaching program. I create their meal plans so that we know we're ticking all the boxes. I make them from scratch. They're not prescriptive. They're not like at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, you need to eat this certain food. I make sure there's like full flexibility. So, you know, you're not feeling the oats that day, have your eggs on toast, no worries. You're not feeling the smoothie, cool, have the oats or whatever it is. You can swap and change. You can build your own meal. I give you a build your own meal template. Like all that sort of stuff is done for you. So that is the the easiest way to go about making sure you're meeting your protein needs. So just send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at nutrition.by.helena if that is something that you would like to hear a little bit more about. Or I can also do, I don't do it very often, but I can do a one-off session if you are thinking like, yeah, I'd actually just really like to check that I'm meeting my protein needs and whether I do need to bump that up. And then we can have a chat about what you can do to achieve that. So I'm going to leave it there. And the last thing that I want to say is go and download my free guide because I will also go through some mistakes that I don't want you to make when you have been diagnosed with gestational diabetes in that guide. The link is in my profile on Instagram. I usually also put it up on my stories and I'll put it in the show notes for this podcast episode as well so that it's easy for you to go and grab. And it takes you through eight of the mistakes that I commonly see people make when they have gestational diabetes that just don't want you to make them. I just want you to be able to read this guide and think, all right, great. I'm not going to make these mistakes and just save yourself all the headache, all the hassle. Do not make GD harder than it needs to be because I know I hear from so many of you that it feels very overwhelming, especially when you are not somebody who's really that familiar with nutrition and it's not something that you think about that much which is totally fair enough. I think about it a lot. I find it pretty simple because I studied it for four years and I do it every day and I've done further study since being at uni. You know what I mean? Like if you're an accountant or whatever your job is, I'm sure you're very good at that and I'm probably very bad at that. So it's absolutely fair enough if you're finding gestational diabetes challenging, overwhelming, stressful, like all that stuff already please read my guide. Make sure you avoid those mistakes. I just want to make your life easier. So you've got more brain space to think about, you know, happier things, enjoying your pregnancy, making the whole process feel a bit smoother. So eating cannot feel like a chore and you can actually enjoy your food. So go download my guide. It is going to be in the show notes on Instagram. Everywhere you can grab that. Just go to the link, download it. Um, And yeah, I hope this podcast episode was useful to you. Let me know and, of course, reach out if you would like some support in your gestational diabetes journey. But that's it for today. So bye.
That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, please make sure that you subscribe or hit the plus button so that you can get new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every week. And if you did find this episode useful, I would appreciate it so, so much if you could leave a rating and review or share it with a friend. It helps me reach more people so that I can help them take some of the stress out of gestational diabetes too. And if you want to keep learning about all things gestational diabetes, head to my website to find all the ways that I can support you. Thanks so much. Chat soon. Bye.